All right, about that time. Chris Brooks here, David Johnson. This is Rebels 247 Podcast. Good to be with you guys today. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. There's so much stuff going on right now, Chris. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't know which way to turn. We've got so many things happening. Uh, recruiting going on. Lane Kiffin's contract extension. The Sugar Bowl. Uh, yeah. Jeff Levy's apparent imminent departure from this Ole Miss coaching staff going to Oklahoma, it looks like, uh, and basketball season going on. It, it is a great time to be an Ole Miss Rebel. I know you were busy, and especially yesterday with everything going on with, with Jeff Levy and, and with recruiting kind of coming down to the wire here. Well, both of us, for that matter. A lot of phone calls this time of year. A lot of phone calls. Yeah, a lot of phone calls for sure. And this is a time of the year where – you know, you may not get quite as many front page stories, so to speak, because yeah. the, the paradigm kind of shifts a little bit where, uh, you know, we're literally spending anywhere from six to eight hours a day on the telephones, gathering intel, talking to sources. And that's not only in recruiting, as you pointed out, you know, we've had the whole Lane Kiffin situation, all the rumors surrounding Lane. Thank goodness we laid all that to rest Saturday night with the announcement of his, his new contract. And, uh, you know, now we're dealing with the Jeff Levy situation, and it certainly looks like at this point, I don't want to say anything for certain while we're recording this, but it looks like we're going to be uh, involved in an offensive coordinator search. So uh, welcome to December, my friend. Welcome to December. This is yeah. uh, There's a reason they call it the silly season, right? I know we have a lot going on and uh, David, I want to do this. I mean, I, we're going to get into the recruiting stuff here in just a minute. And a lot of things going on with Jaheim Otis to Percy Lewis, to Cam East, to Bryson Hurst, to, to all of these guys. Then the transfer portal guys that we'll be getting into here over the next days to weeks to months uh, with the early signing period. And then of course in February, but I, I do want to do this on your end. I mean, you're handling all of this stuff with Jeff Levy yesterday and, trying to figure out what's going on. Hey, what, what is that like? Like yesterday for you, what, what is that day like? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's talking to a lot of people and it, it's trying to weed through different uh, bits of Intel that, that you gather and trying to decide, okay, do I want to go forward with this? Do I want to wait on this and see if this is really going down? Uh, there, there's a lot of consternation. If yeah. you will. Um, but uh you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've been really plugged in with sources on the Oklahoma end of this thing. And, uh, you know, there was a brief spell on Sunday where, you know, the vibe was all of a sudden switching to Joe Brady as Venable's offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Uh, but that vibe quickly switched back to Jeff Levy. And, uh, you know, as we're recording this right now, according to sources, uh, his departure is imminent. So, um, you know, we're just waiting on, on the ball to drop one way or the other. We'd love to be able to report to you, hey, all this stuff at Oklahoma is over, and Jeff Levy is saddled in for another season as the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. But, Chris, in fact, right now, as we're talking, as we're recording, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. No, and I'm on my computer, obviously, as we are recording this sucker, and I'm checking just to make sure that there's not an announcement, and, and I'll do that as we go. But like yesterday, we're trying to put together a short list of, you know, if he goes, then what direction does Lane Kiffin head on the offensive coordinator search? Yeah. And we're looking up names, making phone calls, trying to tie people together because, you know, obviously he's not going to just 
give that out. Jeff Lebby at the time, not even gone. You're going to try and keep your guy in town. But yeah, busy day in between all the phone calls with the, not necessarily with recruits because a lot of those guys, you know, this time of year don't want to talk for, for obvious reasons, but just calling the people that you know that are informed and in the know, you know, you're trying to filter those calls through as well. Uh, David, you want to get into it all, what that would look like if Lebby left and what the steps would take, or do you want to go ahead and jump into the sugar bowl coming up or where do you want to head? Well, I would say this, um, of course, we've known this is a possibility for as long as you guys have. I mean, so um, we've been discussing what a hot board would look like. And uh, Chris has one ready. And um, as soon as this thing uh, becomes official, when and if, I might add, uh, we'll have that on the front page. But just talking to a few sources this morning, I think three names are going to be at the top of that list. They are not surprising. But Joe Brady, T. Martin, and Graham Harrell. I think those are the three that we're starting with. We have more that uh, are going to be included on that hot board, but those are the three right now that I'm hearing Ole Miss fans should really pay attention to. Well, when when we're talking about those three guys, okay, uh, there's obvious connections there with some of them with Lane Kiffin. Everybody knows what happened with Joe Brady and LSU and was recently just let go in the NFL, but Hey, that year at LSU was the most prolific offense in the history of college football statistically. So, you know, you're seeing his name. Look, David, his name was popping up. If I want to say I read this from from your notes, uh, his name popped up at Oklahoma a little bit yesterday, too. Did it not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Joe Brady's got the John Gruden disease right now. You know, he's going to pop up everywhere. He's everywhere because every fan base wants him. He he's a hot name, no doubt. We all know what Graham Harrell is capable of. And then uh, to me, T. Martin is the most interesting guy we're talking about. Uh, and I don't want to get the cart too far ahead of the horse, if you will, this morning. But, um, you know, Lane and T have a relationship. And you and I were talking off the air. Yeah. That, uh, you know, T. Martin likely, we think probably in all likelihood, has a relationship with the Manning family yeah. because he did play, as you pointed out, with Peyton Manning. Well, it just hit me. We're talking about him, and I, was like, I and I don't know why that's not the first thing you think of, but the connection with Lane. But, yeah, everybody knows the story. Peyton's four years at Tennessee and the records and all of that, and then he leaves. Well, then the next year they win the national championship with T. Martin. So, obviously, you would assume there's a relationship there. Yeah, and Martin has a reputation as an excellent recruiter. And let's be honest, if Lane were to bring in a guy that he didn't totally turn over the range to the offense to, Lane Kiffin is one of the best play callers in all of college football. So it's not necessary that you bring in a proven magician, if you will, to that offensive coordinator spot. Right. And I don't want to give people the wrong idea here. You don't hire T. Martin because he was the on the same team with Peyton Manning. I mean, that's that's just it's a minor detail. No, and Martin has his own resume, and it's very impressive. He does. Offensive coordinator at USC with Lane Kiffin when he was there, of course. He almost – I can't remember what position, but he was almost on this staff when Lane Kiffin took it, if yep. I remember right. There's been some flirtation there before. You're exactly right. So we'll we'll see what happens there. And, and who knows, David? Like you said, you mentioned silly season. I mean, we're liable to get off this podcast – Maybe Jeff Levy is not gone. They had a change of heart. Uh, who knows? There's just there's no telling what happens from day to day. But yeah, 
David's right. I mean, he's on top of it. And I do like the idea, David, that within the network, you know, we do, we have our own sources. You have yours, I have mine, but also within the network, there's people you can call and, and get good intel on what's going on around, you know, not just the SEC, but the Big 12, and in this case, at Oklahoma. It's a great point because as Brent Venables was preparing to step to the podium this morning out at Oklahoma, I was on the telephone with uh, Brandon Drum of 247 Sports that covers the Sooners for our network. And, uh, you know, getting the feel and the vibe out there, and the vibe was all Jeff Levy. And uh, there was a, some anticipation that Venables may would have introduced Levy at this uh, at this press conference, but that did not happen. So, uh, so we're still waiting on the ball to drop. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you already mentioned the Lane Kiffin. You know, we were dealing with the rumors of him the last couple of weeks. Then we get the contract announced. Details of that come out today. Is it, for the most part, what you expected that contract to look like, David? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's incentive-laced. There's no doubt about it. It's certainly a, a very healthy base salary uh, for Lane Kiffin. But it has become the going rate for guys who are winning in FBS football. Oh, why didn't we become football coaches, man? Well, you know, my next life, I am. It's, it's like, and you know, it's one of those things that over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, however far you want to go back, you think each number is crazy and it just, you think it's not going to go up as high or as fast. And then, I mean, one AD after num- uh, after another just completely shatters the roof on a salary and, yeah. and go right through it. Well, the base salary alone is worth approximately $30 million over the next four years. And then all kind of incentives in there for Lane to be able to make a lot more money, including ticket sales. You know, for, when, when, once they go over 40,000 tickets, I think he gets a $50,000 bonus for 40,000 season ticket sales. Uh, 150 grand for each win against an SEC opponent after the fourth win. So the first four are on the house. <laughs> but anything after four SEC wins, $150,000 per victory for Lane Kiffin. Uh, you beat a, a, a non-conference power five opponent in the regular season, an extra hundred grand. Okay. You make it to Atlanta for the SEC championship game, 400,000. Look, if you get to the Birmingham Bowl or Independence Bowl, which you have to be Vanderbilt to not accomplish that anymore, that's 50 grand. 50 grand. Group of six game, 100 grand. Citrus Bowl, 125,000. And you know what, David, um, most important, well, maybe not most, but uh, the pool of money that they've put in there for the assistance, I was, I was, I, the word is probably impressed by how much money they're allocating there. No doubt. What, three, uh, what, three and a half? $3.5 million yeah. for assistance and support staff. That is wild. Well, hey, you win 10 games for the first time in school history in the regular season. And you get numbers like that. And I do love the direction that they're headed. And now you have the Sugar Bowl, you know, 2.0, you know, coming up. I li- I've lived most of my life. I Not most of my life. I was raised an Ole Miss fan. So, I mean, that that is what it is. I try to be objective with opinions. And it's not hard to do that if, you, if you've been in this long enough. But I had to wait a long time for, for one Sugar Bowl appearance. Long time. Yeah. And, yeah, you and, got to. And now, now there's a second – 
Sugar Bowl appearance. I'm looking forward to that night. That's something I think fans are going to have a, a ton of fun with. You know, and that, that's an interesting point. And unfortunately, and sadly, there were Ole Miss fans who did not live to be an old age, rabid Ole Miss fans, diehard Ole Miss fans, that never got to see the Rebels play in a single Sugar Bowl. Well, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've been really lucky on that. And, uh, you know, but one other point before we move on, on, on the on the coaching salary pool, support staff, whatever, it's set at $3.5 million, but it must remain in the top half of the SEC. So if Texas A&M and Alabama start doing crazy things, yeah, Ole Miss has no choice per this contract than to do the same thing. They have to keep up. Got to remain in the top half of the SEC with assistant coach salary pool. Well, it's part of it. I mean, there's so much money in the league now in the SEC and the bowls and the whole thing. It's just, it, it's part of it. And look, hey, for us, it's it's great for me right now. Look, my family. Um, I don't mean just professionally. I'm talking about recreationally. Like my kids are enjoying the idea of a sugar bowl and the wife and kids. So, I mean, I get to see that on that end too. You know, I have three teenage boys, the 8th, 10th, and 12th grade. So I know it's been a lot of fun for them. Hey, this is funny though, since I took the job. Uh, David, you know I was excited to take over the, the job here with with you and help cover recruiting and, and football and all that. And uh, I was excited about it. I'm not as I wasn't excited as my boys. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're that's so, cool. That's they're cool. so excited about it, Dad. And it's a I have a my own office here at the house, and it is not rare on, on any level for that door to open and a head to pop in or hey dad. Well, hey, what's what's going on with this kid? That is that is awesome. And um you know, I've, I've said this on the board. You were the first person I called, period. Didn't want to call anybody else, didn't want to talk to anybody else. Um, you were the guy. Uh, I'm so honored that you decided to do it. And, um, you know, you've read the fans' comments. Everybody is appreciative of the work you're doing on this site, myself included. And, uh, you know, we hit it out of the ballpark with Chris Brooks. And, well, uh Man, I just appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate that. You know, it, it's been hard that late in the cycle to jump in this thing. And I follow this year round anyway, just on a Mississippi level, just in general. But, you know, to jump into it has not been easy, as David knows. But uh, I've um, I've been fortunate this year. Well, any year. I've been fortunate to have a lot of friends around the state on a high school level. And look, and I do mean this. Let me elaborate on some stuff I've put on the board. You know, I was raised an Ole Miss fan. But when you've done this long enough, Dave, and you covered high school football and the recruiting on that end of it, sympathetic is not the right word, but I just – I have a perspective of, you know, families and players and coaches on that level, what recruiting is like for them. And, you know, a lot of fans don't necessarily have that. So, for me, it's easy to write from that perspective and to consider those people. And if you do it like that, you know, you do build a lot of trust around the state, people that know you're going to – at least take them into consideration. They can trust you. You're not going to put something out that's going to be harmful to them. But I, uh, I've enjoyed it. I've had a ton of fun. But do you want to jump right on into the recruiting stuff here? Yeah, yeah, definitely so. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of taking center stage right now. Yeah, we've got some coaching issues we're dealing with. But recruiting, so as the old saying goes, it's the lifeblood of your program. And it's, it's very, very important. And, uh, you know, there are some interesting things going on. 
Uh, no doubt, as, as we said, uh, as we reported over the weekend, Bryson Hurst recommitted to Ole Miss. Um, and then I put a story out front on, on, on the site on Monday morning uh, with my interview with Bryson as he was leaving campus on Sunday. And danged if he didn't say he still plans on taking four more official visits. Yeah, and uh, it was a little bit like my interview with Larry Simmons, where he's 100% committed to Ole Miss but he might go visit Mississippi state next weekend. And all you can ask from these kids, you know, is for honesty and they're giving it to them, giving it to us. And, and, you know, we're simply relaying that information back to you guys. So uh, those are two things that we've got to follow this week. You know, obviously this weekend's the last weekend for official visits prior to next Wednesday's national signing day. Yeah. And uh, you know, who's going to show up and where are they going to show up at uh, you know, just as we expect there, there are going to be some surprise show ups in Oxford this weekend. There are going to be some surprise show ups all over the country. Well, we had that last weekend with Zach Evans coming into town. Like you mentioned, state's going to have a big weekend next weekend. And I had the same thing happen with me, uh, with Jaheim Otis. I'm at the state championship games and I know this, I don't check what everybody else is always doing out there, but you know, that stuff ends up finding its way back to you. And I enjoy being at those state championship football games. I'm there the whole time, cover all six of them. Uh, you know, Johnny Mims is a really good friend with the Coaches Association as we get ready for the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game this year, which I, I do a lot with him on that. But uh, I'm on the field with Jaheim Otis after that game, David. And uh, and you know how this is. In that setting, I'm asking that kid about the game. Yep. You know, we're rolling through four or five questions, and there's some other media guys there. And, and when they're done – they walk off. I managed to just squeeze in one recruiting question. And even that kind of a little vague, Hey, big guy, you know, what's, what's next for you now? And he just shot, shot out a, I'm going to Bama. Well, you're going to publish that. And he said it, um, you know, people thinking that, Hey, you're trolling this fan base or that fan base or why you're talking to this yeah. kid. Uh, it just, it's one well, of those, things you just do it. But if you're that kid, David, and you've experienced this uh, with, with your kid going through the recruiting process, Sometimes it's hard to know what to say. And sometimes it's just, it's easier to say the easiest thing to say and deal with it later. Well, what you have to understand is these kids are talking to numerous college coaching staffs and they're probably telling this school one thing and the, this school, the other thing, and basically telling them all what they want to hear. Yeah. And you being the arbitrator as a member of the media, You know, you're putting them on the spot when you're asking them questions this close, excuse me, to National Signing Day uh, because um, they may be telling coaching staff something totally different. So they don't want to talk. But, you know, I was sorry to see on the message board you took a little grief about reporting that. But, you know, I got to say, Chris and I talked about it. I told Chris, I I, I, I said, look, we got to put that on the front page. We were both in agreement on that. So. You know, if you didn't like it, I'm equally responsible for that. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say here. And then if you stop publishing things kids say, yeah. that they, they're really not going to talk to you. There's an obligation there to cover it like that. When they say it, you put yeah. it up. And and I know if, look, there's some kids you're going to cover and people don't want to get bad news. And, hey, why are we covering a kid that's probably going somewhere else? Well, I'm hearing from other places and in some non-Ole Miss places, to be honest that uh, Ole Miss has, has a shot at this kid. He's committed elsewhere. But you know, David, how this works better than anybody. What's that – what is – and this is a hypothetical. 
but it's someone like that committed to another school, but he's really thinking of these other places all of a sudden. What's he supposed to say? Hey, uh, uh, what's next for me? I'm committed to Alabama, but I'm not sure about it anymore. I want to look around a little bit. Well, then immediately that kid's phone blows up and there's tons of pressure he's got to deal with. And for a lot of these kids, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And if we, you know, listen, that's, that's one thing Chris and I talked about moving ahead. We, we are going to report the truth. Now, you know, we, we both grew up Ole Miss fans. I mean, you know, I've got two kids with degrees from Ole Miss. Um, we, we want to see the Rebels do well, but we're, we're going to report the truth because if we don't, there's a day of reckoning for our reporting, and that's National Signing Day. Yep. When you guys get caught off guard about something that maybe we didn't feel like it was kosher to report. So we're not, we're not going to engage in those kind of tactics. Uh, if, if we're reporting something, it is genuinely how we feel about it and, how, and what we think about it. Yep. And when I report it and high school coaches I've talked to know this and players know this, I'm, I'm going to consider them first. I mean, I'm not going to try to blackball them or manipulate what they say in any way. Oh, I'm not going to troll anybody doing coverage. I'm just ask questions and, and let you guys know what's going on. But with him, I'll get in depth just a little bit and we're going to knock out several of these kids. He is committed to Alabama. Um, this week was a big weekend. The plan has been for him to travel to Alabama next weekend for an official visit. And this weekend was the big one in terms of state, no miss battling for him. And I took a little bit of grief on this. There's always different avenues to try to connect to a player. You're not just recruiting him, but the people around him. And, and Ole Miss is talking to his mom, his aunt and his uncle, who he lives with. And they decided to go there directly. I think other schools, they have relationships with somebody else, and it doesn't make people good or bad if they like one school or the other. It's not really about that. It's just who are they talking to. And I think Ole Miss is in a good place with the direction they've taken with it. doesn't mean that Mississippi State hasn't talked to his, his aunt and his uncle and his mom. I'm sure they have. But it's my understanding they did not participate in his visits to other schools, and the first one they went on was that unofficial to Ole Miss to Vandy. And then they came up with him again on this one. And I, and I do think that that is an important detail to throw in. I agree with that a hundred percent. And, and, you know, I've read a lot of, not on, not on our site, but I've read some negative comments about Jaheim's visit up here. You know, the, the typical, he's looking for a deal, you know, brown bags and things of this nature. Guys, that's part of it. Now it's legal. Everybody's looking for the deal the best NIL deal they can get. I mean, welcome to 2021. Yeah, It's easy for me to cover this and all of those kind of things. I can just throw it under the NIL umbrella. And all I would tell fans is this. I never get into that stuff about particular kids because it's difficult, but it does have more of an NFL free agency feel now. Absolutely. It's, it is what it is. And I, I told David, I read something before we came on the podcast, a fan somewhere else mentioning dirty NIL deals. Why would that be dirty if it's if that stuff is legal now? There's there's yeah. people have to change their way of thinking on this stuff. It's not that. And if you think somebody to, it's a financial reason they went elsewhere, okay, and after and you had somebody for a while or had a shot, they were also financial considerations for you. That didn't just suddenly happen, but that's just that's gonna be part of it going forward. And people have to kind of retrain the brain on this. Correct. And um you know, and, and another thing, I, I had someone the other day say, say to me, 
look at the last couple of recruiting classes at Ole Miss. And, um, you know, they weren't really happy with the productivity out of these two classes. And I will argue that there hasn't been enough time to see who's going to develop and who hasn't. And uh, their point being that Ole Miss had no choice but to go to the portal because they haven't built anything. Well, I'm going to proffer this at you. I think Lane Kiffin's ahead of the curve across the country in how to use the transfer portal. And that's another new thing that we've all got to become used to, as, as you alluded to, free agency, if you will. I mean, that's how you're going to win football games moving forward, folks. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to see the guy that comes in and develops for three years before he finally gets on the field. Number one, that guy's not going to have the patience anymore to sit there and let himself be developed. And secondly, there's going to be better talent in the transfer portal than what you can get out of the high school ranks every single year moving ahead. And I think Kiffin recognizes this much more than a lot of other coaches across the country. And I think that's what you're seeing going on here. I mean, for heaven's sake, Zach Evans was at Ole Miss this weekend taking an official visit, contemplating coming here, but at the same time said, I'm not completely sure I'm going to leave TCU. So now, you know, the transfer portal is not necessarily cutting ties with one program and finding a new one. It's, hang on a second, let me go see what else is out there. I might be back. I mean, you've got that element in this too. I think Lane Kiffin's smart enough that he certainly has grasped this before a lot of other of his contemporaries have. And uh, I think it's going to pay off big dividends for the Ole Miss football program. Yep, I do too. And I've had to come around a little bit on some of this. I have to. I admit, I have to. I had it, had it phrased to me like this, David. These coaches, especially the last decade, they've, they're always on a short leash. So you can't think about year four as much as maybe you're thinking about year three. You know, you're trying to get better that year, but you're thinking three years down the road. And I had somebody phrase it to me like this. It's like, look, there's definitely a move to you're considering, all right, what's the roster next year? And then maybe a two-year run, what's it look like in two years? But you're not thinking a whole lot further down the road than that. You're trying to build it for this year. What talent is out there if it's better in a portal or if it's better on a high school level? And year to year, wherever that talent is, that's where they're going to go get it. Yeah, and it also causes you have to re-recruit, reevaluate your roster every single season. Every single season. There's and always you have to recruit your own roster every year. You you do. You 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 actually do. And uh it's a it's a whole different dynamic that we're dealing with now, that fans are dealing with now. And uh, you know, I think it can be a lot of fun, you know. We we you know, football really and truly is entertainment, right? And uh you're going to get your entertainment's worth in the months of December, January. And uh, and I'll say this about this class, too. I don't think there's going to be a definitive moment where we can sit back and thump our chest and go, oh, this is a great class, or sit back and wring our hands and go, oh, this class could have been that much better because of the transfer portal. It's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing. There are going to be more guys that are going to enter the transfer portal after spring practices take place all across the country. And you're going to have a new wave of guys and they're very talented guys uh, come April, May, 
June. You got to remember, Ole Miss's starting center, Orlando Amana, got here a couple of days before fall camp opened. Right. You know, he transferred to Ole Miss on paper, I guess, in early July. July 3rd, actually, was the day. You mentioned this to me, David. You know, you're, uh, there's hot spots for the portal, obviously, as soon as the year's over. But like you've mentioned to me before, after spring practice, a kid might go through spring to see where he is in terms of the depth chart, and then he makes a decision. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of guys look at spring practice like that to, to just kind of feel their way around. And, uh, you know, all these guys want to play. You know, now, few players ever get to the college level and they're content with putting a costume on on Saturday and, you know, being decorations on the sideline. They want to play. They want to get on the field. They're competitive competitors by nature. So, you know, the portal is going to, it's a living, breathing, ongoing thing that never, ever stops. And Lane Kiffin has proven he can operate in the portal very well. And uh, I expect that's going to be the same case this offseason. He's going to get his quarterback, whether Levy stays or goes. And we all know that Dylan Gabriel is probably connected to the hip with Levy uh, in terms of him coming to Ole Miss. Um, But Kiffin's going to get his guys. He's going to get his guys. You know, Zach Evans is very interesting because, you know, there's good reason to believe one or the other, or maybe even both, of Jerry Neely and Snoop Connor may opt to go to the NFL. You may not have either one of them next year. So, I, I, I thought about this, David, with Dylan Gabriel. With let's say, assuming Jeff Levy goes to Oklahoma, and I and he is attached, but I haven't thought of this factor too. If Caleb Williams is back in Oklahoma next year, then that kid has to think about this after his visit to Ole Miss. Do I want to compete with that? Or do yeah. I want to go into a spot where I feel there's a better opportunity to go in and play immediately? Yeah, that's why I said in regards to him coming to Ole Miss, because yeah. I don't know that Dylan Gabriel cares about going to Oklahoma with Jeff Levy. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of quarterback talent out there and uh, with a lot of years left to play. So it's got to be the right fit. But, you know, I, I trust Lane Kiffin in, in this transfer portal. Again, I'm telling you, he's one of the first dudes that predicted what this is going to be like. He stood at that podium in the Manning Center, hadn't been here three or four months, and flat out predicted what this was going to look like. He did. I forgot about that. Yeah, and he's operating in it very effectively. And uh, nobody's fault that it's gotten this way. It it is this way, and it's – going to be this way for the foreseeable future, Chris. I don't think anybody, any organization such as the NCAA or what becomes of the NCAA or the Power Five schools can ever put this toothpaste back in the tube. No. You and can't take it away. There's so many unique situations now. Like I had a coach, not a, not a college coach, just on a high school level, uh, but he, he, was, he talks to staffs, college staffs around the country. He had phrased it to me like this. I mean, look, these guys are – they could recruit a high school kid for almost a year and you really want him. He's not in the boat yet, but you like him. But then all of a sudden two portal kids here jump in there and mm-hmm. they contact you after the year's over or at the same position. Well, these two are better. And maybe they have a, a year, maybe they have two or three years. Well, then all of a sudden I've spent all this time recruiting this guy, but these are two better options. Well, then you're obviously going to go that direction with it. There's just so many moving pieces to all of this. I do think this though. You know, I was a little bit pessimistic three, four weeks ago. 
And some of that is, you know, new job. I'm not going to stick my neck out there too far and, and make just outlandish claims that end up not happening and make myself look bad. I'm going to be cautious a little bit, but I threw this up last night and I, and I told you guys, it, it could be clickbait or, or it, you fluff, you call it what you want. But I think some people want to hear what we're hearing. This staff is more secretive. Okay. David knows how this is and you got to work. I mean, there's still, you got to work, but you know, some staffs, it's just, it's a free flow of information back and forth in some places. And you know, there's a different dynamic everywhere. I do think these guys are closer to the vest. I think there are players out there that are not on our board right now. And sometimes I get information like that, but it's with a caveat, like, Hey, I can't give you a name. Or hey, we don't we're not comfortable with this out there yet. I do think that they're in on more talent than I thought they were. And I think whenever we get to next year, which is how long this is going to take to look back and look at the roster that they built, I, I think it's gonna be in a good place. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I, I think it's fascinating to sit back and watch as it, it's almost like watching a game of chess when it comes to the portal, you know. I mean, I mean, it's strategy. It's uh, it, it's roster examination, evaluation, uh, and even sometimes amputation. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and you're bringing in the best pieces, you know, in, in hopes that you put the best product on the field that you can. And uh, you know, you can't argue against that. Look, it's college football. Winning is everything. Okay. I mean, you know, let's be honest. The whole building character and everything that occurs in high school. When you get to college football, you're you're basically AAA for the NFL when you're playing FBS college football. And uh, it's evident by the salaries. We're not paying men $7.5 million a year to build character. If that's a byproduct of how you run your program, great. Fantastic. But the money is there for the wins. Look at the incentives. You know, I, I'm not trying to be harsh here, but – you know, there, there are no incentives built into Lane Kiffin's contract for, you know, the player that, you know, wins a community service award. They're there for victories. Now, there is APR in there for the academic side of things. There are some bonuses. But the big bonuses, they're for winning. And that's what it's all about. Well, and if we want to get into a few of these players individually, but we, we, if we really went in depth, we'd be here way too long. I mentioned Jaheim Otis. He's still committed to Alabama. I do want people to understand he is still committed there. And and I still think that's the leader here, but Ole Miss, Ole Miss has a shot at him. So we'll see what happens with him. Some of the others I get questions about, you know, Stone Blanton. I mean, I'm, I'm, I see him probably at Mississippi State. We'll see. But that's where I would bet if I had to do it today. Well, well and, 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 you know, I don't want to be dishonest to our readers. I mean, you know, you brought up something just a few minutes ago that could be applicable there. They recruited Stonehard. But now, you know, you compare what you're recruiting. Now, I'm not saying this is the case to what's in the portal and who makes your your your, your roster better quicker. Um, you know, and, and and he's a very fine player. I think he's going to have a great college football career. But – you know, I, I think we, we, you know, there are some people that think uh, Ole Miss has not been so aggressive with Stone here lately because they believe 
Mississippi State has a lock on him. I've read the comments on the message board, and uh, I would argue that that's probably a wrong read. Yeah, I thought he was up in the air, and you know, I thought about this also. I do have a relationship there with with his dad and him, and they're awesome family. I want to try and put myself in this in the shoes. Uh, of and, and I talk to his brother Shane Jr. a lot. Yep, it's David. Look at it like this. I think Stone's going to have a really good college career, but let's say this is happening. Let's say a couple of portal guys call the coaches. You're where we want to be. Is there a spot? And that's versus a kid you have a shot at, but is still up in the air. It's not a sure thing. Hasn't made up his mind yet. Okay. And that goes back to what's that old saying? Um, the I can't remember. Two birds or whatever that is. I mean, a bird, bird hand is I worth mean, two in the something. I don't know. Some, but – I mean, that's something you take into consideration. Do we wait on this 50 50 shot there, or do we go ahead this direction? And that's not necessarily something that you're going to put out there publicly. Yeah. I mean, the dynamics of recruit of recruiting, it's, it's like the beginning of the, of the, or the end of the star Wars credits where you're watching that movie and you're like in a spaceship and stars are just flashing by you and everything's happening. That's recruiting. I mean, it is shifting sand. Yeah, I, I mean, every single day, sometimes hour by hour, there are so many different elements and dynamics. Chris, you talked earlier about influencers in, in a kid's life, uh, that in a recruit's life. You got this quarter going on and, and another quarter over here going on and, 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 and different approaches by schools. And what matters the most, what the kid is actually thinking, what's yeah. in his head. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, the last thing people consider is the actual kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've often thought this, you know, uh, buddy system, so to speak. Well, we got this kid. He's committed. So his buddy has to come here as well. He's not basing that off where his buddy's going. No. It's and you a know, very personal decision. You know, one thing that, uh, that has struck me a little bit with all of this, and now that I'm more in it than I've ever been, it is the way people are so quick to assume, well, this person wants him to go to state. Well, that person's awful. Or yeah. you'll read a state poster like, well, this person trying to take him to Ole Miss, that person's a terrible person. This doesn't have to be good or bad. Okay. These could be people genuinely who believe they actually might care about that player and believe, Hey, he's better off going here. Everything doesn't have to be good, bad, good versus evil. It's just, it's not how this operates. Yeah. I, look, I wanted my kid to come to Ole Miss the entire time, you know, and, uh, and I lived with him, but, uh, you know, and, and, and very some people would have said, you're a terrible parent, David, like yeah, the wrong. Uh, no, no, no. Other, other people were, were, were quick to say, Oh, he's not going anywhere but Ole Miss just because of his dad. His daddy's not going to let him do this. Yeah. Dude, I had no control over that 300-pound man. Yeah. Okay, and I, I would not want to influence his decision. I told him the entire time, it's your blood, sweat, and tears. You have to decide, period. And I left it at that. And, uh, you know, but I, I got slammed from other fan bases because I was – just going to be un, unfairly influencing his decision. And that never happened ever. So there you have it. Yeah. The Sometimes the, these kids sitting there, you, you assume it's somebody leading or pulling him or something awful. Look, these are just teenage kids. They don't always know where they want to go, having a hard time making a decision. And sometimes it's not a whole lot more than that. 
But we'll see what happens here as we come down the home stretch. What we have nine more days before signing day. Nine more days. And and I will not be on the board tomorrow unless something wacky happens. I have my uh annual um oil change, if you will, my 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 post-COVID checkup tomorrow. Uh, everything's great, but uh, it's just uh gotta run liver tests, kidney tests, all that good stuff. Uh so uh Chris is in command on Tuesday and in charge and uh He'll he'll do a better job than I ever ever will. So. No, we'll just we'll keep it between the lines. That's that's we'll just keep it between the lines. That's all. We're, that's all the goal is. I hear you. I hear you. Well, couldn't be more excited that you're here. That you're my partner in this. And uh, hey, you know we're not done. We're not at liberty to say uh, quite yet uh, what we anticipate in January. But uh, you guys are going to be very excited about the next edition that uh, we bring on the inside the rebels uh, that is, uh, is, it's just, just going to make our coverage all that much better. And uh, looking forward to being able to tell you guys about that. Maybe even by Christmas, we'll just have to see uh, how the, uh, how the process flows, but, uh, but we want to thank you all. Uh, we're, we're, we're hitting record numbers here on this website. And uh, you know, Chris, you're a large part of that. And uh you know, we haven't seen recruiting numbers like what we've been seeing over the course of the last week in terms of traffic. These are signing day numbers or day before signing day numbers, you know. Um, and uh, we appreciate every single one of you for for that. Well, David, good luck with everything tomorrow. We'll be thinking about you. And like I said, we'll try to keep it between the lines. But we appreciate you guys listening to us. This is the Rebels 247 Podcast. For David Johnson, I'm Chris Brooks. We'll talk to you guys later.